Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I am your host, Corbin, with my co-host, Tate. And today we have on the most wholesome person on Hedera. This is Brandon of Pixel Rugs. How's it going, guys? Good to finally meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, Brandon. So, uh, so run us through, run us through the pixel rugs. What was your inspiration? What you doing with the project? What's, uh, what's all going on here? Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you the lowdown. I'll give you the whole story. So when I was in high school, I ran a 13 editor technology publication, wow. fell in love with technology, ran that for years, would go to, you know, the CES convention in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Little cool. me reporting. Um, so that was really great. Got to meet like, you know, Josh Topolsky from Engadget back in the day and all those kinds of things. So I really immersed myself in the technology scene and fell in love with it, learned web design, all those kinds of things, and, and eventually built a career out of that. Now I run a creative agency with my partner, Joshua. And even before all that in high school, I loved music. I did music. I sang. I played drums. I did all those things. So I was also more so an artist, right? Um, music and especially like, you know, rock and roll music is a great way to fit in in high school when you're kind of a bit of a nerd. So that helped a little bit. Um, and through the years, like now, you know, I just turned 30 this year. And when Pixel Rug kind of came into the picture, I was in a position where I understood crypto. I understood the value of it, but I was kind of like, uh, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, because I it wasn't really something that resonated with me in regards to like the transaction times and fees and all those kinds of things. Someone in my network, an artist said to me a while ago, it's not like anyone with a couple bucks can participate in NFTs. And that kind of bummed me out. And that kind of painted a picture for me. Looking back, yeah, it probably would have been good to grab some Bitcoin or Ethereum. But I mean, I'd say it's 2020. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Swirls came along and then Hedera came along. And I thought about that question again that that artist said, which was, you know, it's not like a couple bucks can get you into NFTs. Well, that's wrong now. Yeah. Um, minting all the pixel rugs cost me like five bucks. So for Sorry. me, I know like it, it's funny to think, I think I tweeted out from my personal Twitter a while ago. Um, the amount of energy that it takes to send somebody a pixel rug NFT is less than it took to post this tweet. Um, so for me, that was the big thing. So I had this, you know, career I had been, you know, previously like a couple of years ago, like in a touring rock and roll band as a drummer and a singer and all those kinds of things. So I was just full board in the artist mode and I wanted to get back into technology. Hedera sucked me back in great community, but it was like all this enterprise stuff, exciting still, but we didn't have the NFT ecosystem yet. And last year, 2021, and I guess maybe like May, there was Go Mint. We started to see artwork pop up and light bulbs started to go off inside my brain. I was like, is this maybe what I've been waiting for? But I didn't really want to just do an NFT project just for the sake of doing it. Right. right. Um, I wanted to do something that fit my sensibilities and pushed me a little bit as an artist. And so I was just watching this start to unfold and grow. Um, and then I met projects like, you know, H Barmery, H Graph Punks, yeah. all of these guys, um, you know, H Borgs, 
all these, you know, old school batty hatties, right? Um, back in, you know, geez, uh, like August, September of last year. And I just realized that I'm talking to artists. I'm not talking to technology people. I'm talking to artists right now. I mean, patches, but I mean, it, it, you know, I think that that's what really made me realize that these are the people that are participating in Hedera, some artists that it's just easy to get in. Yeah. And for me, I was, th- I started really seriously thinking about what I wanted to mint. I had a bunch of um, horrific ideas that I'm happy I didn't do, <laughs> but um, my business partner, Joshua, he does sound design for VR. He does, you know, theater productions in VR, live music performances in VR, all those kinds of things. So he had been talking my ear off about metaverse stuff and everything like that. Um, I'd played around with spatial. So I was starting to realize, okay, there's this other little world forming and also augmented reality, putting things around you that aren't there. So I, that really got me excited. And I think it was like one night I was checking out a gallery or something like that. And I just was like, there's a whole untapped market in this metaverse, the floor. I was like, (laughs) oh my God. So I, I, and I had just recently purchased a bunch of rugs for my dog. She had an issue with her back. So we had to get rugs. So she wasn't slipping on the floor. And I don't know, it just, it, I was like, okay, rugs. I was like, but how can I do something that fits the current like aesthetic? I was like, pixel artwork. I did a bunch of that in high school. So I was like, let me dust off my old, you know, pixel push and brain. I will pick up some knowledge in regards to 3D modeling to make some some of these rugs, some of these pixel rugs. And of course I thought like, uh, is rug the best name for an (laughs) NFT project? And I was like, it could be kind of cute. So I was like, let's do it. Pixel rug. So I opened the Twitter account. I started, you know, fiddling around with some pixel rugs. Um, and that was in launched the Twitter account November last year, um, and learned a whole lot. And I mean, really, you know, a lot of those original folks in the Hedera NFT space taught me a lot, were a huge support, introduced me to how to do things. Um, and I had already been hosting like weekly news shows and, you know, conversations like you guys do here, just about like the the more boring, like enterprise stuff. (laughs) So I was kind of already in the community and, I launched the project. I was completely overwhelmed with the response because I, what I did was I kind of played a little bit of a trick. I just posted JPEGs of pixel rugs. And I was like, let me let people think this is just going to be images. And then I'll do a big reveal that it's a 3d, um, you know, NFT. And it was one of the first 3d NFTs um, on Hedera. I think one of the first ones was hash crabs that parabolic H bar did. I think those were one of the first ones on Goldman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the pixel rugs, um, minted them, uh, with the exact CLI shout out, rest in peace. Um, and basically, you know, um, I think that that was a big turning point for me as an artist. I, I went, I found a new medium. It was something I completely didn't expect. Um, I was overwhelmed by the response. Um, and then I did the first edition series that sold out to the limited edition series that sold out. And then it brings us to today which is I'm going to be doing commission artwork for NFTs, making low resolution metaverse rugs for your floor. Never thought I'd get here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great idea though, because it's all custom. Yeah. All personalized absolutely. to the buyer. Yeah. That's something that I think for me, um, when, you know, flashing forward to, to today with the custom series, what I realized is 
I didn't want to go too deep with the project. I didn't want to start talking about utility or just do things for the sake of doing them. Um, I arguably took a little bit of an old school approach because I had to because all of the tooling and marketplaces that started booting up, you know, early this year were really for one on one projects. Pixel Rug has like varying designs with varying quantities and it's 3D artwork. So it didn't really jive with a lot of those. I had to build a lot of the stuff myself. Um, and I listened to collectors and what I realized was the number one piece of feedback that I did um, from a survey in June, I think it was asking people to like rate the project and give me feedback, tear it apart. What would you do if you were running the project? Um, really overwhelmingly positive. But the, the number one thing people told me was they want one-on-one designs and they have cool ideas for designs. I mean, every project I love on Hedera has reached out to me wanting to make a pixel rug. Um, and tons of people go, oh, can you make this design? Oh, can you make that design? I've never been DM'd pictures of rugs before. Um, so that's a new one. And what I realized is this seems like the solution for this, um, problem really is commission artwork. People need commission artwork and they want to work with me to make some things. So what I set out to do is, um, try to innovate in this space a little bit, again, going a little bit old school and say, listen, you can connect with me. We can have a conversation and I'll just make a rug for you, not just a design, but like, what do you call it? Do you throw anything cool in the metadata descriptions or whatever? Like we can work together and that's a true collaboration with a collector or a project. And it's a true one of one. And when you see one of those out in the wild or in a marketplace, I just thought how cool would it be if you just kind of know there's a story behind it. It was made for somebody. Um, and that felt a little bit fresh um, in the ecosystem. Of course, I can't make a ton really quickly. Um, it's not going to be a 10,000 one-on-one NFT collection. But the unique thing is it's just going to continue through the life of the whole Pixel Rug project. Yeah. Maybe I'll be 50 years old, you know, making a Pixel Rug um, in my garage or something. Who knows? No, you'll be making we'll a Pixel happens. desk that goes on top of the rug. We'll continue to innovate. I'll have to make a note of that real quick. There we go. You just make a whole entire pixel appliance company. No, no, no. He's, he's going to be the creator of Ikea, but for the metaverse. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll, You're I'll going to have I'll to be. assemble the whole thing from your VR headset and hope you uh, follow the instructions. Oh, that would be interesting. The The master of inanimate objects. Yeah. Yeah. Look out. Wow. Yeah, look out. Look Damn. out. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your rugs. Hide your rugs. Brandon, what do you do for a living besides obviously create pixel, beautiful pixel rugs? Well, what I do is actually it serves me really well working on a project like this because I kind of do for a living since high school what I'm doing now, which is like building a community, building a brand doing creative things. Um, I mean, early in my career, I would work with companies like Squarespace or, um, you know, different brands like that to do promotional videos for product releases, all those kinds of things. Um, Sitting in my, you know, grade 12 uh, tech class or whatever. Um, And going on from that, you know, I I was writing probably 11 articles a day. So I was, you know, really prolific writer. Um, for technology. So I just, and also to running a blog, like learning web design and everything like that, you know, exiting high school, entering my early twenties, I, you know, it was music, it was technology, it was web design, it was art, it was writing. So I really had this skill set that I could pull from. And I went on to work at a branding agency 
um, in a little city, Barrie, Ontario. And that's where I learned the concepts of branding and how to brand larger companies um, and all those kinds of things. Worked also with a lot of small businesses. So I learned how to work with clients, um, do all those kinds of things, all those different dynamics. So when you look at it in the context of a custom pixel rug, I've been doing that for 10 years, right? Working with somebody to create something and, yeah. you know, then getting feedback and, and navigating those client dynamics. Um, and then, you know, ongoing, you know, working with, you know, companies in Toronto, Canada. Now, for the last couple of years, I've actually been running my own creative agency with my business partner, Joshua. And we work now with some Web3 companies. So we pivoted to Web3. So a lot of those folks are in Hedera. Um, and are really privileged to be working with the HBAR Foundation too. A lot of our clients are. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I've kind of just been doing this my whole career, basically. And so Pixel Rug is just, for me, like a really natural extension. When I look at the community building aspect, my brain goes to building a band, right? And a band is really hard because if you want a thousand fans, you have to meet a thousand people. You have to go play sweaty gigs at bars and go to conventions at 8 a.m. and all those kinds of things. So um, I've just the the pixel rug stuff and, and the way I do things, I've kind of just been doing it my whole life. So it just feels super natural. And with my workflow, how I work, it just fits right in. So it kind of blurs all together. It feels the same. That's amazing. Everything that you've done growing up all the way through your 20s and stuff has basically led you to this in a sense. Uh, yeah, if you want to say that, I mean, going back, if I were to speak to my younger self and say, listen, everything that you're doing, everything that you are will ultimately lead to designing pixel rugs. I would say, yeah, you're mind. You're insane, yeah. but I couldn't be more happy. You know, exactly. I didn't realize that's all that's that truly matters is your happiness at the end of the day. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I couldn't agree more. That, that's great. No. So, so it's, yeah, you go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool just to see like all of these projects popping up that are so focused on the, the metaverse aspect of things. So for instance, your rugs, obviously. And then, you know, we have slim out here with to slim and Maui out here with Tokamex yes. you know, making, ma making metaverse watches. Great idea. Like <laughs> just all of these just random things that like you, you just don't think about. And then you have uh, Felix from crypto dogs. He's making a whole, line of like 3d dogs that he wants to actually like make into like a game i don't, oh. I don't know what you're gonna do in the game but my sense is awesome he's a smart guy <laughs> does everything in unreal engine so it's oh yeah that's right the recent ones were weren't they like unreal 5 or something i grabbed one of those it looks beautiful yep yep me too man yeah i grabbed one too but yeah it's it's, it's cool to see all these projects popping up because it, it it's very well needed and if everybody has like a niche that they love creating ultimately that's going to make the metaverse better for everyone yes oh absolutely doing what you love you know yeah I, and you know for me another big thing is so many of these creators as you pointed out have been around for a long time i think it's so important as well that um we kind of like it sounds dumb because it's been less than a year but like we carry on that history a little bit of the hedera nft space because um, a big piece of feedback that I hear talking with people in the NFT ecosystem on Hedera or new people arriving just now, they 
love the technology and that's why they check it out. But once they get here, they don't really talk about that. They're kind of like, oh, the community is so different here. And the vibe is, you know, and I think it's really important to just stay grounded in, you know, the reality, which is all of these original projects started in an era where if you wanted an NFT, you were like in Twitter DMs, like sending people H bar, like literally the exact opposite of what NFTs are about. It was a huge problem, but only a problem Hedera could have because the transaction speed, uh, speeds were so fast and yeah. the fees were so low. And it really created this like social graph of trust with these original community members that I think it's awesome. We don't need that anymore that we have marketplaces like Zeus and hash guild and hash access. But I think that that seed ultimately is what carries through. So I think that that's when people ask like, why is the Hedera NFT ecosystem so different? I think that's why is because a lot of these original folks in the community have that reference point of like, yeah, we're pretty spoiled now because before remember like three months when we couldn't do anything with our NFTs and all those kinds of stuff. So I think terrible. it's also important. I know, I know the, the, uh, the, the dark ages. Yeah. The dark winter. And the rug, like the actual projects that aren't like, quality and stay stick up to their words and i hate to say it like who actually like rug their communities who like invest into them they're called out oh, so that's a sir that's a they're called here. they're called i know it's offensive <laughs> they're called out on the spot and everybody knows who they are initially and they're like they're not going to be able to hide behind the blind uh, like behind the blinds for too long yeah. because the community is so strong that everybody's connected and everybody will figure out eventually rather than if you go on Absolutely. EU, you find a you find a rugged project and it's just like they That's can the stay third one today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the third yeah. one today. <laughs> I think I think something important to keep in mind when we talk about um, you know projects that rug, you know, being expert on rugs myself. What I'll say is um, <laughs> it really is a spectrum, right? You've got on one hand you've got like the greatest projects. Yeah. Now on the other hand you've got projects that rug. But you have all this spectrum in the middle of maybe a project that just kind of putters out or that just suffers from H bar dropping 90% or just overwhelms themselves with this roadmap that they haven't thought through and can't handle um, or working with somebody who's disingenuous. Like, for example, there might be a Hedera NFT project that um, you go, oh, their artwork is from Fiverr. But maybe the creator like just didn't realize that the person they hired to do it just ended up buying stuff on Fiverr or something. So it's one of those situations where I think that something I try to keep in mind when I see these situations unfold um, is, uh, you know, when you see a project, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, I used it the other day and it's just leaving me. We can edit this out. Give me a minute. Um, oh. Maybe I should leave it in for dramatic effect. If we could, if you could add like some some like dramatic music there. Um, it's 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 deception that I think is in the middle of a rug and a great project. Sure. Sometimes I I see some projects where I go, maybe they chose to leave out that their artwork came from a certain place because they knew it would affect the success of the project. Maybe they just kind of admitted that. And I the think quality. that what a lot of people feel yeah. in certain situations, it's not necessarily that they feel scammed or that it was a rug. I think what they're actually feeling sometimes is a little bit deceived. Yeah. And I think projects can come back from that. But again, it comes back to the um, discussion around transparency about 
So are you proud of what you're making? Can you be fully transparent in that? Because if you can't, then you might have to rethink a couple of things that you're doing because you might inadvertently be deceiving people. It may not feel that way to you. It might feel like you're making some careful choices for your brand, but you may actually just be deceiving people by omitting certain things. So I have yeah. seen a couple projects get in that lane way a little bit. And I wouldn't classify those as rugs because I think you can come back from stuff like that. But I do think that, um, yeah, there definitely needs to be a discussion around um, how much projects expect from their collectors, how much collectors expect from projects, and then how much projects expect from themselves. I think there has to be a balance. I think that you can grow too quickly. I think that you can lose sight of what your core goal is. I mean, if you're like, there's goals of like selling out as fast as possible or getting as many people in the discord as possible or getting as many followers on Twitter as possible, but you go a little deeper and maybe it's just about connection, right? Maybe it's about what does this project look like in five years? And for me, you know, working with a lot of bands in the studio and different stuff like that and seeing bands evolve, I've realized that in the art scene, it's like more important what you don't do than what you do. Right. Yeah. Cause what you don't do will kind of, in a sense, set you up for the things that you have done. Exactly. Like with a project, you, you really want to do things that solve problems for collectors, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're by just by existing, you're going to create problems for people. They're going to get your project and they go, Oh, I wish it did this or, Oh, you know, and you kind of have to ignore all the negative feedback, ignore all the positive feedback. Cause those will, you know, mess you up. You want to yeah. pay attention to things that are repeated. If people are saying the same thing over and over again, focus on that and go, okay, can we do something to solve this problem for people? Because that'll literally just make the project better and people yeah. will love it. And nine times out of 10, it's actually super duper simple. Um, you know, rather than like building out some crazy utility or something. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. It, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, <clears throat> this was, I think like months ago, um, Felix was actually saying, he's like, yeah, he was, he was like joking around. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to rug, whatever. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to rug. So, uh, peace out guys and then uh chris uh well i mean uh irate was like and like a couple other people were like no no please don't go oh <laughs> my all, god like dude we all like convinced him to stay and then his wife actually came up with the idea for him to make like these like crystal like rock formations in unreal engine and okay. like I, I feel like i feel like a lot of artists in the space like they get so caught up in like one particular niche that they're known for um and they just need to branch out from it yeah because you know you've been making the same thing for months and months and months and it's kind of like the same thing that i wonder like with um with bones for instance because he's been making the helmets for so long yeah that you know now he's making these little like skeleton people was unknown bone project whatever it's called <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I feel like that re would really help with creative burnout and really help give you like a new a new fire. Yeah, that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing in music, right? That's the world mm -hmm. I come from. Is you have this balance, right? You want to be doing things you love, but also when you see that band, they're going to play the hot single from ten years ago at the concert. They're not going to not play it. It's what you're there for. But they're probably yeah. sick and tired of playing it for the forty thousandth time. Um, so it's a balance of like, not everything is fun all the time. Sometimes it's literally just work 
you know, I mean, in music, it's like a show business. It's like a show and then there's business. And usually yeah. the business aspect is a little bit bigger. And same thing with NFTs and not everything you do is going to be a winner. I mean, you have to double down on your winners. And if people love H-bar helmets, you're going to make H-bar helmets because people really enjoy those. And you're going to innovate as much as you can with those. Um, and again, solve problems for creators. If do they want more from them? What are those things? How can you do that? But Bones is really smart because when you reach that saturation on a certain art style and people still really enjoy it, you don't need to completely drive that home. You can take a little bit of a detour and say, okay, could I maybe try something else with the expectation that it might really succeed? It might really fail. I don't know, but I could find something else that's really interesting to do. Um, so I think it's that balance is like do things that excite you um, and that you enjoy, but also understand that you're kind of like the, the band that, you know, yeah, you're going to play that show in 10 years and you're going to have to play that single you're sick and tired of that you hate that everyone wants to hear, you know, so it's, it is a balance. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. That, that example you just provided kind of just reminded me of, so I just went to rolling loud, the most recent one down in Miami and, uh, okay. kid, I don't know if you guys know, but kid Cuddy got basically booed off stage and, um, he got like water bottles thrown at him and stuff. And, um, it's kind of funny that you say that, like, he probably was sick and tired of playing his two best hits that if he would have played those two best hits, the whole fan, like the whole stage, like crowd would have just went berserk yeah. in a sense, but he came Absolutely. out with some slow song and nobody knew it. And he basically, like I said, got booed off stage and it's just kind of a correlation to what you said. Like if he would have just came out playing something that he's played like for years on end, it the turnout would have been 10 times better and everything would have went accordingly. But it was, it was just crazy to see that he didn't even, I don't know. It was just like my idea of yeah. it was if you would have came out playing either pursuit of happiness or um, one of his Mr. other songs, well, maybe that, but there was day and night pursuit of happiness yeah. or day and night. If you would have came out right. playing either yeah. of those songs, then the whole crowd would have gone crazy, but he came out playing some song that nobody knew and everybody hated it. Well, and that's a great example of why connection in artwork is so important. As yeah. an artist, all we're trying to do is be understood. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. A great way to be understood is do something different than everybody else, right? Because that means that you kind of got your own voice. Yeah. But at the same time, generally when you have a moment like that, it's just that lack of connection, that lack of understanding. You don't have that common ground. Of you course. You lose that. Yeah. And then obviously you get water bottles thrown at you. I mean, luckily yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> with NFTs because you can't throw water bottles through the internet. So no, no. Um, hoping that technology isn't developed soon, but <laughs> um, that's generally what happens. And I always keep that in mind. That's why I do, you know, a lot of feedback from collectors. I listen to people. I really am like, as things are growing, I'm more focused on um, not talking too much myself and just listening to what pixel rug holders are thinking about what they're interested in um, because a decision I made early on, um, that I think a lot, maybe disappointed some people, but I'm happy I did it was limiting the amount of pixel rugs people could mint. So, I mean, rather than sell out really quickly, um, I limited it to one of each design per person. And that was it initially later on, I opened it up so you could mint a second round and stuff like that. But new people were joining the Hedera ecosystem all the time. And I was like, I want them to be able to get here and still get a classic pixel rub for 60 H bar. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great thing to be able to do. And that's not going to happen if, you know, 20 people own all the pixel rugs. Yeah. Um, so 
I think through doing that, I have a really, you know, I think there's over, geez, like 350 holders of Pixel Rug. So that's 350 people that I can listen to that all come from different backgrounds all over the world. Um, and I can start to find commonalities of they seem to all kind of dig this kind of thing. So that's something I could step into that they're already kind of on the same page about. Um, and again, one of those things was they all love one of one artwork, of course, but they all have ideas for pixel rugs. So I could step into that conversation, bring something new and create that connection and be like, um, you know, Kendrick going up on stage and, you know, playing the hit. Yeah. You know, instead of just coming up with something that I love. You yeah, know? of course. It's all about listening. Yeah. You got to listen to your, you got to listen to your customer at the end of the day. Not even a customer, your, your, your community. It, but it, but it is, but it is, you know, there's a, it's kind of embarrassing, but I mean, there's a message that I, that I've received a few times One, you know, another thing when I was doing pixel rugs is it was a manual process. We didn't have a lot of the tools that we have now. So I developed a whole CRM, which is like a, customer relations manager system for managing orders and manually sending them out and talking to people through email, helping them set up hash pack, all those kinds of things. And people would be like, are you in customer service? And I'm like, Oh my God, I probably sound so lame right now. But then I realized like, I kind of am like, I, I guess I am in customer service. Cause like you're buying something from me and I need to like help you with some stuff. Yeah. So I realized that like, wow, there is a customer service angle to this like if you purchase a product from somebody you kind of want to get that customer service a little yeah. bit you know have a good experience so um with that mentality i was a, i was fortunate to like literally all 350 collectors have a conversation with each of them and like help them get on their way and for a lot of people it was their first hedera nft or their first 3d metaverse nft so that's something i'm really really proud of about the project that's amazing yeah and soon it'll be one of one customs. That yeah, I know. I'm have. excited about yeah. that too. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Have uh, have people already started reaching out to you and being like, "Yo, look at this wacky rug that I want. Can you do like a like a custom one of this one?" Oh, they've been doing that for months. I've received <laughs> people that have sent me this. You know, I type this into uh, Dolly Generator AI artwork, and this is the pixel rug that it put out and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so there is, there is some interesting stuff, but, um, some of that, I guess a lot of people don't know. And another aspect to the, to the project really as a whole is, um, the super rug holder aspect and the coupon aspect. So with super rug holders, those are people that hold three or more pixel rugs. And I created that, you know, type of holder in discord created a, you know, token gate for those folks. And we've had a private channel we've been talking in. So those folks are going to be the only people that can submit to the wait list for the first generation of custom pixel rugs. So it's a small pool, it's 50 people. Um, and I've already been talking with them about this since the beginning of August. So that was a big focus of mine is I wanted to make sure that those people that really were only going to be the people that would be able to get custom series out the sense. gate yeah. were a part of that conversation, were able to give me feedback um, and I could unfold all the different elements and let them digest it. And only when they were fully on board and they understood everything, then I, I you know, had a really great way to announce it publicly. Um, so everyone knew, 
Um, but the other element is the coupon aspect because I was like, well, how do I give people access to a custom series pixel road? And also, you know, give a little bit extra to people that are already holding besides just being able to get one. So all the pixel rug designs, there's 50 design, 15 designs out there right now across the first and limited edition series. And each of them, according to their rarity, have a percentage assigned to them that acts kind of like a coupon. So right now to get a custom series, of course, you need three pixel rugs to get one. Yeah. But they're all coupons. So let's say you have a, a classic, which has 2% assigned to it. Um, you know, a purple punk, which I think has like 35% discount and a midnight, which has 3%. So you give those three, the percentages get added up and then you get X percent off your custom series. So it, 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 I don't want to use the word utility, but that's why I call it a coupon because, um, it's just some, a, a little extra thing that brings pixel rugs alive in a little way, makes them do something. Um, and once I get through this first generation, because really it's about understanding what the workflow is, what the experience is, what the process of making a first edition or a custom edition series is. Once I get through that over the next few months, I'll definitely open it up to the rest of holders. So that way, anyone that's holding at least one pixel rug can use just one pixel rug to, you know, join the wait list for a custom edition series and use up to three other pixel rugs for that coupon aspect, which is really, really cool. So it's kind of those three things that are coming together to make this happen. Um, and I think that in general, most people will start to understand what it's about, but I mean, super rug holders are totally tuned in. Um, they're ready for the wait list. So I think <laughs> I'll have a busy rest of the year. I can, I can say. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. I, I think it's safe to say you're the uh, you're the only project where people are excited for rugs. I, it's it's funny. I mean, it's it, I'm surprised at how far the you know meme has gone. People are like, I remember people purchasing their first edition series back in 2021 and tweeting out like, "I've been rugged," um, or like "Rug me," or all these kinds of things. So it has turned into a little bit of a meme and it's kind of gotten in my head a little bit too. Cause I'll be in a Twitter spaces where someone's up there talking about rugs and I'm like, I, I it, my, it just does something funny to my brain where I'm just kind of like, Oh, I should get up there. So sometimes I'll pop up and be like, someone said rug and like everyone laughs and then I go to dinner or something. So there's always a joke That's somewhere awesome, for it. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that you're running with the memes too. Cause there's yeah. so, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Truly, I feel like I feel like somebody's gonna make a uh, a, a custom rug me daddy. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know what people are gonna make, but we'll see. Uh, dude, people are crazy, man. People are crazy. Yeah, honestly, though, they're insane, <laughs> but we love them. They are true. Well, cool. Did you got any other questions? Honestly, not off the top of my head. You've pretty much answered everything, and it's been a true pleasure to finally meet you actually because i mean every time we have a creator on it's always awesome to be, to be able to actually see their face and actually talk to them and like Tate, hey, how yeah, does it absolutely. feel to meet the most wholesome man on hadera i know i, I hope I you know just... that this is this is a very rare opportunity i've i've talked to him in a space or two i believe through the alt kings yeah uh, we've twitter been on spaces account. before yeah, we've yeah. probably been on uh, all sorts of twitter spaces we've yeah into each yeah other. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. And I mean, like, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, make those videos on your Twitter account. So people in the whole entire community as well can see your face, which is great. That's an important thing to yeah. me. 
I mean, I don't think that being doxxed is necessary to have a great project. Um, but it I helps. think that it's just about reputation. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. I mean, it's something that it's not like you do it because um, for the I'm doxxed, you know, I'm a real person. I mean, there are plenty of doxxed people that cause problems in NFT ecosystems, right? Um, but for me, it's just, again, it's something that I, I don't know how to do any different. I was in a band, like, you know, when you're in a band, you're posting Instagram stories from the road, like, Hey, we're going to play at Joe shit, the Ragman's pub or come out, yeah. you know, yeah. or whatever. So it's like, you know, so I've just always just been doing that. So I'm really comfortable, you know, in interviews and posting videos to the internet. So it's just like, it's kind of uh, a tool in my toolbox that I rely on heavily is like, I'm just going to talk on a video and explain things to people. Um, so it's, I've just been doing it forever. So I didn't really think of that kind of doxed versus undoxed aspect initially, but now, I'm, you know, I kind of get it, but yeah, I mean, there's so many incredible creators on Hedera that aren't doxed um, that, you know, you, you completely trust because there's a reputation. There's, yeah. you know, moments where you actually speak with them. And for me also too, it's like, when they really help you, like a, a great example is back in um, November when I was setting up the Discord for Pixel Rub. Um, one of the first creators to reach out to me completely out of the blue was Patches, just saying, hey, FYI, make sure you um, send your you know new joining notifications to a separate channel so it doesn't clog up your main channel and giving me a couple tips, just totally unprompted. Um, hadn't even minted yet, didn't even know the guy. And I was just like, Wow. Okay. And, and so when you really focus on creating those types of moments, um, that's when that magic kind of happens. And it doesn't matter if you're doxxed or undoxed. What really matters is you have to think carefully about what you want from the community for your project and then do those things for other projects. Show Very people true. how you want to be treated. Yeah. So if you want to be understood, if you want to sell out, if you want to get a bunch of Twitter followers, if you want people to, you know, love your project, just do those things for other people, right? Listen, join their Twitter spaces, share their stuff, you know, hop in on their project. Just do those things for other people and you'll start to find that that trust gets built um, and that you start to naturally find an audience that is receptive because you kind of started doing things for them. So they, they go, hey, I'll return the favor, you know? Yeah. Without yeah, a doubt. Makes sense, man. It's a beautiful community out yeah, there. I Oh, yeah. And I, I love hearing the stories of uh, people, people's first interaction with uh, Pachez. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's always Legend. a good time. Always Legend. a good time. I have not seen an excitement. I think that the, the photo of Patches that was posted got more traction than any NFT drop. I th it was just like everyone <laughs> was sold it as an NFT. Out. They, they did? <laughs> no, he no, should have. Did they? Oh, I, that would be hilarious. You should make a rug of his face. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't know. I Copyright mean, pastures, if that's, um, I mean, he's, I, you know, maybe he's going to get a custom series. I mean, if he requests a custom series with his face on it, you got it. <laughs> he takes like 10 that's selfies. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. Got to get all the angles. Yeah. I got to grab my hat real quick. Hold on. Hey. Now he's official. I was going to wear my XRP now, now I'm part of the crew before we sign off. <laughs> there we go. It felt now like the official. odd man out. I know. 
Actually, this hat isn't a, isn't actually like a, a genuine Hedera hat. My again, Josh, my business partner, made this for me on my birthday. That's amazing. Um, last year, yeah. So this is very special. Cool. I have the one Hedera sent me in my closet. I'm not going to wear that. I'm crossing my fingers. It'll be like a rare Pokemon card in 20 <laughs> years or something. You know, It'll be worth like 20 grand, like a Charizard. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully. Nice. Well, well, Brendan, it's truly been a pleasure to have you on our podcast. And we look forward oh, to it's, everything it's, that Pixel Rug has to offer in this near future because we know you'll be around forever now. I'll be, I, I'm going to have custom series to make, so I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it was a pleasure meeting you guys. I mean, I loved watching your podcast. I mean, I listened to the H. Barmery episode. I think that was one of your first ones. Yeah. Or like, like that. I so, think like the fourth or fifth. If you made it to the end, you're a real OG. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember <laughs> I was working, I was listening, and I was like, right on. You know, like H. Barmery is such a great guy. So, oh, love him um, to death. Love Bones. Love what you guys are doing. This is the kind of thing that's needed. Like, if we want to stop, talk about building trust and connecting people, long form discussion is the best way to do that, right? Yeah. Hearing yep. people talk about things. Um, exploring what people's opinions are and ideas they have about things because someone could listen to this interview, find something cool in it and put it in their project. You know? Yeah. Or somebody could listen to this interview a year from now and realize how far this creator has came or yeah. Yeah. Hear me blabbing and whining on about buying H bar NFTs and, you know, Twitter DMS and be like, Oh, wow, that's a crazy history. Yeah. We've come a long way. Yeah. You know? And from that, yeah. like you're selling rugs now. But who knows? You might be selling cabinets later. Who knows? Who <laughs> knows? And then chairs. later I'll, yeah. I'll be refinishing the cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come full circle. Well, Brandon, it's been a pleasure. And with that being yeah, said, this has Same been here. the Alt Kings, and we will see you next episode.